بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹڈے از دا سکست آف اپریل ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی by the grace of mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I've reached verse 15 of Surah Al-Ma'idah. So inshallah today going through two of the verses, up to and including verse 16. So verse 15, Audhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. O people of the book, there has come to you our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, revealing to you much that you used to hide in the book and passing over much. There has come to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a light and a perspicuous book. So here, what was the reason for the revelation of this blessed verse? So there's a report recorded in Ibn Jadid in his tafsir. And Iqrimah, rahmatullah alayhi, he said, The Jews came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they asked him about the verse pertaining stoning the married adulterer to death. He said, who is the most knowledgeable of you? They pointed to Ibn Surya. Rasulullah then called him and asked him, firstly, by the exaltedness of he who sent down the Torah unto Musa, And by he who, who raised the mountain high, and by the pledges which were taken from them, that he should speak the truth. Ibn Surya said, When adultery prevailed amongst us, we used to flog the adulterer a hundred lashes and shave the head. But the command was that they should be stoned to death. Upon this, Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed these two verses, i.e. verse 15 and verse 16. So here in this report, the Jews, another one of their corruptions, was when adultery became more common, they changed the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The command was to stone to death. So what they agreed to change it to was basically strike him a hundred times and shave his head. So, now what's interesting, why did they come to the Prophet They asked him about this. And what's interesting, the Prophet could have answered. But he didn't answer. He goes, who's the most knowledgeable of you? <coughs> so this was the chief rabbi. Now look how interesting, even with the chief rabbi, the Prophet didn't trust him. So he put him on three oaths. He goes, speak the truth by the one who sent the Torah unto Musa, by the one who raised the mountain up high and who took pledges from you. Speak the truth. The chief rabbi admitted it. Imagine, we changed the command. And then Allah the Almighty revealed this verse. O people of the book, there has come to you our messenger, sallam, revealing to you much that you used to hide in the book and passing over much. Now what's interesting, if you look at the verse, Allah says something very interesting. 
He says, Passing over much. Now what does that mean? The scholars, they point out that Rasulullah he could have exposed all of their treacheries. But he only mentioned a few of their corruptions. So Allah was still showing kind of mercy to them, saying, look, I could have exposed all of your errors. But my messenger, I've only told him to highlight a few. So look how beautiful. He's rebuking them. At the same time, he's hiding some of their failings as well. And also with regards to this mat, Hafiz ibn Rajab al-Hambali rahmatullahi in his Jami al-Ulum al-Hikam, page 200 of the English translation, he said, there used to be in the Quran a verse whose wording was abrogated. And the verse reads like this. The fully grown man and the fully grown woman stoned them absolutely as a punishment from Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is almighty, the all-wise. This is recorded uh, in Abdul Razak in his Musannaf, number 13,363, Ibn Hibban, number 4,428, Argument is Mustadrak 2-415, Imam Malik's Muwatta, number 2405. <coughs> so stopping, so what does that mean? There used to be a verse, does that mean that the verse has got lost? The answer is no. There are three types of abrogation in the Quran. One is where the verse and the command both are dropped. The second is where the verse remains but the command is dropped. And the third is the command remains but the verse is dropped. So these are all to do with the science of abrogation. This verse falls under that category where the verse has now been taken away from the Quran. It's been abrogated, but the command still remained. So when people say stoning to death is only in the Hadith, they're not right. Stoning to death is in the Quran because it's not in the Quran. We've read the Quran because the verse was abrogated. It was dropped, but the command remained. So this is what's being referred to here. Secondly, Ibn Abbas, <coughs> he also proved stoning from this verse, i.e. verse 15. So he recited the verse <coughs> and then he said, whoever rejects stoning, rejects the Quran in a way which he did not expect. And he recited this verse. Stoning was one of the things that the Bani Israel kept concealed. This is recorded in Nasai, number 11,139. Hakim is Mustadrak, 4-359, to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. Zahabi Sahih, Mirikatil's Tafsir. So, how is it related? So, I've explained the reason for the revelation of this verse. They were kept, they changed the command, or they hid the verse of stoning. So, Ibn Abbas said, if anybody denies stoning, he has actually gone against the Quran. And he quoted this verse as a proof. Why? Because what's the difference between you rejecting stoning and the Jews? So this is a proof according to Ibn Abbas. He also derived it from the following verse, i.e. Surah 5 verse 44 to 9, where it mentions, We sent down the Torah containing guidance and light, and the prophets who had submitted themselves gave judgment for it by the Jews. Until the words, judge between them by what Allah has sent down. So we'll come to that inshallah, Surah 5 verse 44 to 49, it talks about the same incident. 
Imam Zukhri said, it has reached us that this was revealed about two Jews whom the Prophet stoned, وسلم, and he said, I pass judgment according to what is in the Torah. And he gave the command concerning them and they were stoned. This is recorded in Abu Dawood number 4450. So other verses were also revealed. Why? Because they were doing, they got these two, a man and a woman. They, sh- they shaved the head of the man, they striked him. But when they brought him to the Prophet he gave the command for them to be stoned. Mm-hmm. He gave the command for them to be stoned and he goes, I have brought to life the command of Allah Ta'ala again. Mm-hmm. And also in Sayyid Muslim, number 1700, the two Jews being stoned, it mentions, Bala ibn Azib said, Allah Ta'ala revealed, Surah 5 verse 41 to verse 41 and a half. O Messenger, do not be grieved by those who rush into unbelief. Those who do not judge by what Allah Ta'ala has revealed, such people are kafirs. Imam Ahmad also had, uh, he had added in his hadith, in his Musnad 4-286, and he goes up to the verse, verse 41. O Messenger, do not be grieved by those who rush into unbelief. Up to, if you are given this, then take it. For they said, go to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If he gives judgment that the adulterous faces should be blackened with charcoal and they should be flogged, accept it. If he gives judgment that they should be stoned, beware. And, it, and the verse, verse 44 was revealed. Those who do not judge by what Allah Ta'ala has revealed, such people are the unbelievers. Because this was concerning the Jews. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad 4-286. So what's happening? The Jews are trying to get the Prophet to judge in their favor. So they corrupted the Torah and they wanted the Prophet to stop that corruption. But of course, Allah Ta'ala protected the Prophet from this corruption. And note the verse where Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلُ اللَّهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْقَافِرُونَ Those who do not judge by what Allah Ta'ala has revealed, such people are unbelievers. The Hadith explicitly says, this is referring to the Jews. Right? So it's very important to understand the background of these verses. And also, <clears throat> so verse 16, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sorry, at the end of verse 15, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ نُورٌ وَكِتَابٌ مُبِينٌ There has come to you from Allah a light and a perspicuous book. Verse 16, wherewith Allah ta'ala guides all who seek his good pleasure to the ways of peace and safety and leaves them out of darkness by his will unto the light, guides them to a path that is straight. So now here there's a few reports which link to this verse. So there's a hadith. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 5-262, Hakim in his Musnadrak 2-600, Al-Haythami in Majma Az-Zawaid 8-222. And it's Hassan, and Imam Hakim states, Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim, Zahabi agrees. And Shaykh Albani also grades it authentic in As-Sahihah number 1546. The report mentions that our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, I am the supplication of my father Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam. I am the glad tidings of my brother Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam. And my mother saw in a dream that light came out of her, light that illuminated the palaces or the castles of Asham. So this is the report. So in this flawless report, the Prophet mentioned three things about himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
He goes, I am the dua of my father Ibrahim. That's all he said. So what was he referring to? Anybody? So this shows that you're distant from the Quran. He's referring to Surah 2 verse 129. So no, the Prophet's actually telling you, giving you a, a glimpse into the Sahab. He didn't even give the verse. So what does that tell you about the Sahab? How acquainted they were with the Quran. So what does it say in that verse? Surah 2 verse 129. It mentions Ibrahim Islam's du'a. What du'a did he make? Oh my Lord, send amongst them a messenger of their own. Who shall recite unto them your verses. Instruct them in the book and al-hikmah and purify them. Verily, you are the almighty, the all-wise. So what du'a did Ibrahim make? He made four. He goes, send a messenger from their own, meaning the final Prophet ayatika, who will recite unto them your verses, kitab, instruct them about the book, hikmah and wisdom, and purify them. So this was the mandate. So what did the Prophet say? I am the dua of my father Ibrahim, meaning I'm here for that. Then what did he say? I am the glad tidings of my brother Isa. Was that in reference to? The comforter. Not Bible, Quran, right? Surah 61 verse 6. So note again the Sahab, how acquainted the, the Prophet didn't give the verse. We're like you know, spiritual children with nappies on. So what's the verse? Surah 61 verse 6. When Isa ibn Maryam said, O Bani Israel, I am Rasulullah unto you, confirming the Torah before me and giving glad tidings of a messenger to come after me, whose name will be Ahmad. So what did the Prophet say? I am the glad tidings of my brother. So he called Ibrahim his father. He was his father. He called Isa his brother. What was the third thing he said? And my mother. Now think about that. He's mentioned two Rasuls. And who's he mentioned with two of the Rasuls? His mother. So do you think she's an unbeliever? Think about that. Right? You know, why on earth would Rasulullah put his mother with two of the five greatest messengers? This shows her sanctity. Right? So what did he say about his mother? My mother saw that light came out of her. Light that illuminated where? Sham. The palaces of Sham. So what's Sham? Syria, Jordan, Palestine and Lebanon. This is the modern geography. So now, that's the Hadith. So how is this related? We're going to come to these verses. So the Sheikh Sheikh Ali Muhammad As-Sallabi in his work, The Noble Life of the Prophet Wasallam, volume 1, page 81, he said, commenting on these words of the light, Hafiz ibn al-Rajab al-Hambali rahmatullahi said, the coming out of this light at the time of his birth is an indication of the light that he was to come with that the people of the earth were to be guided by. And that was going to remove the darkness of kufr. 
So Ibn Rajab said, the light that came out of Sayyidah Amina was the Prophet But precisely it means he was sent to remove shirk. Then Ibn Rajab recited this verse. O people of the book, now has come to you our messenger explaining to you much of which you used to hide from the scripture and passing over much. Indeed, there has come to you from Allah a light and a perspicuous book. So Ibn Rajab said, this is in reference to this, where Allah Ta'ala was the light. Hafiz Ibn Kathir, he said, Rahmatullah, the specific mention of Sham as being the place where his light shall appear points to how Islam will have a stable and firm footing in the lands of Sham. In the end time, Asham will be a stronghold of Islam and its adherence. It is there that Isa will descend, والسلام, in Damascus at the white minaret on its eastern side, Abu Dawood Sahih. In Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet والسلام, said, A group from my ummah will continue to remain successful upon the truth. They will not be harmed by those who abandon them, nor by those who oppose them. Until the command of Allah comes, they will die on that state. In Sayyid Bukhari, the Prophet added, they are the people of Sham. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3640 and 3641 and 7311. So, as Sham. So look how interesting. Rasulullah said, when my mother gave birth to me, the Noor went to Sham. <coughs> Why didn't he mention anywhere else? <laughs> Why did he mention Yemen? Why did he mention Iraq? Why did he mention Sham? So every part of the hadith, the Prophet is explaining, the Quran is explaining, Sham will be a stronghold. And of course, Christ is going to descend there. That's enough. But the Prophet said that there will always be people on the right track there. Nobody will harm them, no matter what fitna comes. And he goes, they are the people of Sham. Imam Ahmad was asked about who these people were. He goes, they are the people of hadith because they know all the mechanisms that are taking place i.e. the people of hadith the people who have the greatest knowledge of the sunnah of the prophet so Allah Ta'ala mentions here so the nur according to Ibn Kathir is Rasulullah now what's interesting again people they argue whether the prophet's nur what Quran says it Right? You know, you're going to reject Quran. He's described as a nur. Who said that? Ibn Kathir. Who came out of Amina? You know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to work. Huh? It was a, why, did he, why didn't the Prophet say, I will, I will take out the shirk? He described himself as nur. Because a nur came out of my mother. So who was the nur? He was talking about himself. And yeah, people say, I don't believe it. Right? Very dangerous, brother. Think about that. You know, how sad it's become a calm thing. Brother, I believe he's nur. The Prophet said he's nur. The Quran said he's nur. What does it mean then? Well, first of all, do you accept that? Or do you have a problem with it? And people have a problem when you said the Prophet's nur. Think about that. You said no, humble yourself immediately to it. But then you say, I accept it 110%. But then you say, humbly, I would like clarification upon that. That's something else now. Right? So again, you don't go into this stupid mindset. I don't accept it. Right? And that's very dangerous because it's Quran and Sunnah you reject. So now what's interesting? 
it also means the Quran. How do we know that? Because there's a hadith. In Behaki in a Shu'abul Iman number 1937 is Mursal from the Prophet. However, Abdul Razak in his Musannaf number 1937 from Ibn Mas'ud is a fully connected chain. So either from Ibn Mas'ud or from Rasulullah. The hadith says, Al Quran huwan nurul mubin wa dhikrul hakim wa siratul mustaqim. Look at the eloquence. So, you know, the Prophet's words are, you know, like, you know, the most choicest words. Al-Qur'an huwa nurun mubin wa dhikrul hakim wa siratul mustaqim. Not the English. The Qur'an is the manifest light, the wise admonition and the straight path. So you can see all majesty is gone. The Prophet's words are what's majestic, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Well, now looking at the words, how did the Prophet or Ibn Mas'ud, how did he describe the Quran? Al Quran, who won Nurul Mubin. So look at the verse. Verse 15, what does Allah say? Nurun wa kitabun Mubin. What else did the Prophet, what else did the Hadith say? It's called Sirat al Mustaqim. Where's that? Look at the end of verse 16. So the Prophet or Ibn Mas'ud, they actually related to these verses. But again, people are studying Quran. So then, Mullah Ali Qari, in his Arba'in number 38, he comments upon this. The Quran is a light that reveals the straight path against the darkness of unbelief and remoteness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he recited this verse, i.e. verse 15 and 16. So is there a contradiction? Is the Nur Rasulullah or is it the Quran? It's both. The Prophet was obviously the carrier of the Quran par excellence. He gave us the Quran. And of course to the Quran, Allah gave us guidance. So again, there's no contradiction. It's referring to the Quran. But what's interesting, if you look at the verse, it separates it. Minallahi Nurun wa now, what does one mean? It means and. So Allah says, There has come to you from Allah a light and a perspicuous book. So just looking at the verse itself, it seems to indicate both the Prophet and of course the Quran. Now another thing, the word Mubin is mentioned. So Mubin is not an easy word to translate. So if you say a clear book, <coughs> It also means plain, to make things plain, mubin. Plain may also have the connotation of unadorned. So when somebody goes, this person is plain, it means he's not adorned, he's not beautiful. So is that a good word to use? No, even though it does mean plain. This book is the most beautiful that mankind has the privilege to read. Clear, it also means clear. Clear would be correct as far as it means unambiguous, self-evident. But Mubin has all these meanings, but it has much more. It suggests besides a quality of shining, a nur, a brilliant light by which everything becomes clear. 
So therefore the word perspicuous, if I've pronounced it correctly, is probably a better word. So note, you've got to be careful when you translate a clear book. You know, you could say that, but then you say a plain book. So you've got a problem. So now, it's also referring to Rasulullah. Are you going to call Rasulullah plain? He's a clear prophet. You know, if you use those words, you think, oh, come on, brother, you don't use words like that. What are you going to use? It was the shining, the example, par excellence, the guide. That's more like it. Mubin. Then what does it say in verse 16? Wherewith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides all who seek his good pleasure to ways of peace and safety, leads them out of darkness by his will to the light, guiding them to the straight path. Look how beautiful. Both the Quran and Rasulullah take you out of the darkness. That's what Allah Ta'ala is saying. They will take you out of the darkness. They will take you to the light and Sirat al-Mustaqeen. And what do we ask for at least 17 times a day? Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeen. But what's interesting, Allah Ta'ala then says, Sirat al-Ladina an'amta alim. Guide us on the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored. Now what's interesting about that? Some people say it's only one way. And then you go, brother, have you read Fatiha? And when you actually ask question, then they get insulted. Go, of course I've read Fatiha, brother. No, you haven't. There's no one way. There's more than one way. Because what are you talking about? Shirat al-ladheena ana'amta alayhim. The path of those whom you are favored. Who are the ones who are favored? The prophets, the siddiqs, the martyrs, and the righteous. Surah Nisa. Is that one group? What did Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Tabarani Authentic? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, there are 313 paths, each will take you to the destination. So there's so many ways which are part of the path to Allah, the Almighty and Glorious. So a person then starts getting really confused. He goes, brother, I thought it was Quran and Sunnah. <laughs> That's the source, brother. And he goes, what are these 313 paths? And he goes, well, the ones that we can say for definite are the schools. The Hanafis, the Malikis, the Shafis, the Hanbalis. And then you've got the Tariqe, the Orthodox established unbroken chains of the Sawaf. And then you go on and on. And if you can't even count up to 20, then there's your problem. You're going to start taking people out of Islam without even realizing there's all these paths. So note, here it says, Allah Ta'ala will guide you to the truth, I through this. So on the side of us, and we will conclude. ذبلائمن يهدي به الله من اتبع رضوانه سبل السلام سبل السلام ويخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور بإذنه ويهديهم إلى صراط مستقيم. We pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He makes the Quran the Rabi of our hearts, and I pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He gives us the edits which are made in His word to be. 